This is the Annex of Sociology podcast. I'm Joseph Cohen from Queens College in the City University of New York. Today, can we improve the ASA submission process? My co-panelists are Brian McCabe from Georgetown University, Leslie Hinkson from Georgetown University, and Gabriel Rossman from UCLA. Our discussion was recorded on January 8th, 2019. So I got a banter item, which is that um, on uh, Twitter yesterday, um, uh, Tina Fetner and Daniel Lawrence and a few other people were talking about, um, apologies to anybody I forgot, um, we're talking about that, you know, it kind of sucks that uh, the ASA submission process comes at the second week of January, first, second week of January. I'm old enough to remember. You guys are all, well. We all went to grad school together. We're all the same age. Uh, we're all old enough to remember when there was the kind of uh, annual crashing of the server, which in effect was a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> extension. But you know, I guess now they discovered Amazon cloud computing. <laughs> you know, that can, they can. But you know, it used to always be like you know, it's due January seventh, and the server would crash every January seventh. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and nobody would learn their lesson the next year. Right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, you didn't have to, right? Because you knew that there would be an extension. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, but anyway, you know, you have this nine-month lead time because um, it's always the second or third week of August mm. um, for before ASA, and it's and, and it's like that's a really long time, especially given that you have the whole. Um, paper. Right. And, you know, sometimes people have said like, well, maybe we should have it be that it's like a four month lead time and you submit the whole paper. Then the thing that gets back to you is like, well, it takes, you know, a month and a half to put the schedule together once you have the papers and it takes, you know, you know, two months to put together a panel because that's a lot of peer review. And I've done it multiple times. It actually is a tremendous peer review effort to go through, you know, a hundred paper submissions and put together a couple of panels. Good Lord. Um, yeah, it's a huge amount of work. Um, and and if somebody told me I had a week to do it, I'd say no way, you know. <laughs> but um, so the real answer to speed it up is to make it less work. And the way to make it less work for both the uh, submitters and the peer reviewers is to make it as just an extended abstract mm-hmm. rather than a full paper or at least half a paper because twenty pages is short by sociology standards. Um, and a lot of disciplines do this, and it generally works for them, right? You an extended abstract, right, which is to say basically. Uh, about 500 words um, mm-hmm. is a very common way to do uh, conference submissions. Well, you, uh, I, I did a computational in- social science, uh, comp- you know, and I submitted a um, uh, an extended abstract. And then the other thing, which I'd like to talk about a little later, is that I got in as a poster, mm. and I went to the conference because it was a poster. At ASA, that would have been a roundtable, and I wouldn't have gone. Right. But, but let's talk about the extended abstracts first. Right. Okay, so here's the thing. So I I know, I mean, I have gone through that review process myself um, for both SSSP and for ASA. And and I you're right, you know, it's a lot of work. Um, but at the same time, if you, I, I kind of, I always thought that part of this was just this weeding out process where they were like, you know what, if we, if we, if we allow extended abstracts, instead of getting 115 submissions, mm-hmm. we're going to get 2,000 submissions. I mean, I, I'm totally exaggerating. Really? I feel like to a first approximation, you submit a paper. Like, I'm not going to submit two papers. I'm going to submit one paper to ASA most years. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it, and if and if it's extended abstracts, I'm not going to submit five extended abstracts. I'm going to I'm still going to submit one extended. Abstract. I know, but I know, but how many people will have a completed paper? That's what I'm saying. I know you're not going to you're not going to uh, submit multiples. What I'm saying is more people will be able to submit an extended abstract by that deadline than would be able to submit a, a completed paper. So maybe I would submit a paper or an abstract every year instead of submitting a extended ab- instead of ex- submitting a paper every other year. Hmm. Well, it the the conference itself would uh, be more like the ESS, I guess, right? It would change the, I think, the tenor of the presentations, and also, like, let's be honest, you could have that deadline in April, and everybody would just wait till mid March, <laughs> right? And they'd be like, "Oh, why is it April? I just need it till May." Like we've been on the other, so we've all been on the other side of deadlines, like waiting for them and setting them. And almost invariably, the people who you set it for feel like they could use just an extra two weeks, regardless of where you set it. I mean, so, so my sense is that, you know, in some ways what happens is, so I did a panel last year, uh, a housing panel, and two of the five papers that I ultimately accepted onto the panel came out in published form around the same time as the ASA. So, you know, what that meant was that- So they were able to incorporate a lot of feedback in uh, the the uh, co- the. Uh, Typesetting phase, right? <laughs> right. That's just the typesetting phase. Mm. But I mean, it sort of raised this question for for me about sort of what the purpose of presenting at the ASA is, right? So, is it to do um, some sort of paper that's in progress and get that feedback? Mm. Um, and if that's the case, then sort of like late stage final papers, uh, right, should not be submitted. Mm. Um, but or, or is it just to sort of alert the sociological community to the work that you're doing um, by sort of having you stand up there and present something that's that's almost done? I mean, I, I go to APAM every year to the policy public policy conference, mm-hmm. and um, I mean they have, a, they have a sort of a different problem. It's extended abstracts, and they put panels together. Groups of people submit panels, right? Which is a you know, classic in lots of other disciplines too, where you can get you know three or four or five of your colleagues, friends you know, mm-hmm. people in your social network and submit an actual panel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in some ways it works a lot better because you get these sort of very coherent panels. Uh, I find that at ASA quite often you have papers that right, sort of don't seem to fit together and they're sort of, you know, broadly stuck under the category of welfare states or broadly stuck under poverty, but they don't, they don't have a lot of relationship to mm-hmm. each other. Whereas APAM, you get panels that actually can deal really nicely with each other. I mean, the, the flip side of that is you get this sort of reproduction of the same scholars every right. year that a couple people are finding their friends. And then, you know, I've been on a housing panel for the last four years with the same, some combination of the same 10 people. So it doesn't always create an opportunity to be involved in it unless you're sort of already in the club. Um, but I think it's an alternative that solves a bunch of problems of, of the ASA. Uh, you know what? It's like just to, okay to follow up on that. You know this idea about panels and getting feedback. You know what is up? Like what is up with sessions where there's supposedly a discussant, but like no one gives you feedback on the panel, gives you any feedback on your work, and they just open it up for the audience. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. If you are a discussant, what is your job? I hate discussants. Well, they know Leslie that the paper is already about to be published, so yeah. <laughs> Just, well, also, I mean, the, the problem with being a discussant is you have these papers that were just the five best papers on 
mm-hmm. race or the five best papers on housing or the five best papers on personal finance or whatever, but they have nothing to do with each other other than the topic. Mm-hmm. And kind of the genre conventions that are being discussed is you have to draw out a common theme mm-hmm. and it's incredibly contrived. It's inevitably the most boring part of the uh, talk. So right. I, I would, I would add that to my list of, you know, once I made dictator for life of ASA, <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, no discussants. Well, Gabriel, uh, I have yeah. to totally disagree with you on that okay. uh, because I have been to I have been to sessions where there have been masterful discussants who have been able mm. to draw to, to draw you know like things in common, commonalities with the papers, you know, while also giving meaningful feedback and weaving it all together. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a I mean, it's a skill, right? I, I actually think then a lot of people who sign up to be discussants uh, are just really crappy at it. Um, well, also, you, you don't always sign up. Like every time the ASA rolls through New York, you, you're like, <laughs> will you please be discussing on these four panels? Uh, you know, Because a keyword on one of your papers matches one of the papers on the panel. So it's like it's not everybody who is a discussant was clamoring for it. You know what I mean? Although you should say no if you're not clamoring for it. Yeah. Let's be sure. But also, like, what's the function of it? I mean, this it, what's the function of these ASA meetings? Is it a public showcase of research that's already been done? Because if that's the case, it's a very, very inefficient way of communicating new research. Like, the Internet's here. We don't all have to gather and deliver it orally. Like... Uh, you know, you could be interviewed. It, it, well, the, the roundtables are the extreme of this. Nobody sees the roundtable. The only purpose of the roundtable is so that you can tell your university's comptroller or whatever they're called that you appeared on the conference program. So you can pay for a vacation where you get to visit your friends from grad school out of your research budget. Uh, I don't know. No, I, I think, think we're so. being. Oh, come on. Yeah. Let's be a little you, more positive about this. Now. I mean, my, my you do best, realize to whom you're speaking, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> my best experience at the ASA, actually, in in a decade of going, was on a roundtable, and I, I will say, you know, I had that one experience, and then I've never done a roundtable since. But but I remember it was in San Francisco, like 2009, and I sat down, and there were two other people at that table. They happened to be Sarah Cowan and Dave Brady. And we had the best yeah. conversation for an hour, right, that, that I've ever had at ASA about sort of academic work. So, you know, that's, I'm sure, the exception more so than the rule. But it was a, a sort of really enlightening experience as a fourth-year grad student to, mm-hmm. to have that. So, you know, it doesn't happen often, but every now and then the roundtable comes through. It's good for junior scholars, I think. You know, yeah. first of all, we already did a section on on roundtables versus posters, Uh because I've been, I've been, oh, okay. So we don't need to go back to that yet. We don't need to go too back. Like I think we pretty much fleshed out our views. But like, yeah, I think they're they're good. The hit rates lower. Most of them aren't good, but they still. I mean, look, the hit rate's not that high on panel presentations. The hit rate's <laughs> not that high on main stage plenary sessions. Quite candidly, right? Yeah. Like you you attend twenty presentations and you get like three or four. Oh, plenary state plenary sessions suck. Generally, I mean, it's almost part of the nature of them. <laughs> You've been listening to The Annex, a sociology podcast. You can visit us on the web, sociocast.org slash annex. We're on Facebook, The Annex Sociology Podcast, and on Twitter, at SociAnnex. Music is by Lena Orsa. Our producer is Lisseth Moreno.
On behalf of my co-panelists, I'm Joe Cohen. Thanks for listening.